Oh, the wonderful cross, what it means to all of us. Thank you for being here, joining us for worship today. We're glad you're here. Those of you who are here in the sanctuary and those who have joined us uh, on uh, YouTube or on Facebook Live, and uh, we're glad you're here. Thank you. And we pray that you feel God's presence today as we worship him. If you're a guest today, we welcome you, and we would invite you to go by the Welcome Center. There are bags uh, with a little gift in it for you if you're a first-time guest. Just pick it up on the way out, and uh, let, let to, we want to let you know that we're glad you're here, and we pray that you feel, like I said, God's presence while you're worshiping with us today. If you have any questions, we'd be happy to answer those questions for you. But we're glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Why don't you stand and just wave at those around you and let them know you're glad they're worshiping with you today. Majestic is your name in all the earth. You join as we continue in worship together. Just it. 
Thank you. you. may be seated. What a great day it is to be in the house of the Lord and to be able to sing praise and glory to him. Lord, I lift your name on high. I was wanting to raise the roof when we did that. Lord, I lift your name on high. We are so grateful for your presence. We welcome you. If you are a guest, so great to have you here. We welcome you back. If this is your first Sunday back, after this uh, crazy pandemic began, we welcome you. And for those of you who are worshiping with us on YouTube and Facebook Live, we welcome you as well. 
But every week there's an opportunity where we can pray together. There's power in prayer. And I know many of you are here today and you're excited and we're excited about everything that God has done and is doing. But I know there are many of us that still are carrying burdens and worries and fear and still dealing with grief and, and maybe battling some form of sickness or illness. And God is faithful. And he reminds us that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. And so under normal circumstances, I would invite you to this altar to pray, but we're asking you to pray right where you are. It can be your altar. You can stand, you can kneel, however the Holy Spirit leads you. I invite you to join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. May we pray together. Father, we have come to lift the name of Jesus Christ on high. We have come, O oh God, to give you praise and glory and honor, the only one who is worthy to be praised. And Father, how great it is to worship with other believers and to sing praise and adoration to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, I just pray that today, if there would be anything in me or us that is not pure, that is not holy, that you would forgive us. Father, you tell us in your word that if we had cherished sin in our hearts, you would not have listened. So, Father, remove any sin or guilt from us. Move it as far as the east is from the west and remember our transgression no more. Father, we have come today with glad and grateful hearts, but also with heavy hearts. Father, we continue to lift up those who are grieving. May they feel a gentle peace and comfort in your love today. Father, we have many on our prayer list that are battling some form of sickness or illness or recovering from surgeries or facing surgeries. Would you anoint them with your healing power and your Holy Spirit? Father, we pray for those still recovering from COVID that, Father, there would be no side effects or lasting effects of this terrible virus. Restore their health completely. And may we claim with your stripes, we are healed. Lord, we continue to pray for our nation and for healing in our land and for great revival and spiritual awakening and for our leaders to give them godly counsel and wisdom. And Father, continue to be with this church and all the churches that are trying to minister still effectively and safely and help us to keep in step with your spirit, Lord. May we not get ahead of you nor lag behind you, but we'll keep in perfect step with your spirit. Father, I'm so grateful for this church family, for the love we share in the spirit that is present here today. And may we never take for granted our freedom to worship and to come to your house and to be with other believers. Lord, we just ask now that if there are folks here today lost without Jesus or people watching that have never received Christ, as our Lord and Savior, may today be the day of salvation. May now be the time that many would come to know Christ. And Lord, I just pray now that your Holy Spirit would continue to sing and play through our musicians and speak through your word and through your servant and that we would all be drawn closer to Jesus, changed by his awesome power. For we love you and we need you. We cry out to you, asking all these things in the strong and holy name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible with you, would you turn with me to John's Gospel, John chapter 19. We'll be reading two verses, and after the reading of God's Word, an ensemble from our choir will be coming to lead us, and thank you all for being here today as well. Begin with verse 29 of John 19. 
A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished! And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you all for leading us, and what a great message and song. We all have a story to tell, don't we? The story of Jesus and his love. I always like to start with a little humor each Sunday, so we're prepared to hear more important things, but we were eating out in a restaurant uh, this past week, and I heard a waiter ask a man how he wanted his steak, and he said, I, I like my steak how it is after I win an argument with my wife. And the waiter said, rare it is. Rare <laughs> it is. Rare is it that I tell a good joke on Sunday too. So. 
Have you ever wanted something to be finished or to be over? <laughs> Haven't we wanted this pandemic, this virus to be over, to be finished? I think we all are way past wanting this to be over or to be finished. Or maybe you're here and you've been going through chemotherapy or radiation for quite some time and you're ready for these treatments to be completed. You're ready for it to be over. Maybe you've been experiencing some kind of pain in your body and it's been bringing you down and you are so ready for this pain to be finished, to, to be over. Maybe you're ready for a project to be over. You've You've been painting your house and you're ready for it to be completed. You've been cleaning out your garage and you can't wait to complete this project. Maybe you've been building a new home and you can't wait for the construction to be completed. It's possible that you're a student and you can't wait for things to get back to normal. You're a senior and you're so ready for this dismal year to be over, to be finished. The last several weeks, we've been going through a sermon series looking at the seven last sayings or the last seven words that Christ spoke from the cross. These were powerful words, and you have to remember when Jesus spoke these words, it was after he had been beaten relentlessly and he had carried the weight of the cross on his shoulders and he had been flogged and, and he had been spat upon and humiliated and cursed in every kind of way you can imagine. Yet he still had the ability through God's help to share these words that have spoken to my heart, and I pray they will speak to yours as well. This past Wednesday night, if you were able to worship with us online, we saw Jesus speak those fifth set of words that acknowledged his human suffering and need when he said, I am thirsty. And we know that Jesus was about to receive what he needed to be able to say what he says to us today in our scripture passage. He needed a drink to moisten his lips, to wetten his palate, to be able to, to express clearly what he was wanting to say to us. And today as we come to the sixth set of words or sayings from the cross, we see Jesus not saying words of discouragement or defeat, but these are words of encouragement and words of victory. And maybe you're at that place where, again, you're ready for all this to be over and everything to be completed, everything to be finished. And if so, know that God can speak to you and me today. Because through this scripture, we learn of God's provision. We learn of God's provision. It says in verse 29 that there was a jar of wine vinegar there. So they soaked a, a sponge in it. And then they put the sponge on the end of a stalk of a hyssop plant. And they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And it said, and after he received the drink. Well, as I just shared this past Wednesday, he said, I am thirsty. Yes, he was thirsty, acknowledging his human need. He was thirsting to relate to our needs, our suffering. He was also thirsty to fulfill scripture. In Psalm chapter 69, verse 21, he said, you put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. And then in Matthew chapter 27, verse 34, it said they offered Jesus wine mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. You know why he refused to drink it? He wanted his senses when he was speaking from the cross. He didn't want to have his consciousness blurred or, or uh, hindered. He wanted to have his right mind about him to say, what he was about to say, but yet he was thirsting to fulfill scripture and he was also thirsting for what was ahead. But know this, when it said in verse 29 that the sponge was 
placed on a stalk of a hyssop plant and raised to Jesus' lips. What's the significance of John, like none of the other gospels shared, that it was raised with a hyssop plant? Some have tried to interpret it as a spear or a stick. But do you remember in that first Passover that took place among the Israelites, do you remember that the death angel was coming by in order to protect the little Hebrew baby boys that they took the blood of that Passover lamb and they smeared the blood over the doorposts so that that avenging angel or that death angel would pass over them. And do you remember that the blood was put on with a hyssop plant, uh, about a two-foot stalk that, that was like a, a stiff grass that was placed over the, the doorpost of those Israelite people. And when we think about that, we think that it was the blood of the Passover lamb that saved God's people. And when we think of what Jesus did on the cross, it was the blood of our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, that not only saved the Israelite people, but all of us from our sin and our punishment. And know that God is in the business of providing for you and providing for me. And I also find it interesting that it was one of the soldiers who lifted the sponge up to Jesus' lips. Well, these soldiers had been just casting lots for his robe and his garments. These, these soldiers had been among those who were mocking him and, and jeering him and now, was it an act of kindness? It, it certainly could have been an act of kindness or maybe further humiliation or, or something to embarrass Jesus all the more. This wine vinegar was cheap wine, people's wine, soldiers' wine, that he would lift it up to Jesus' lips. What he probably didn't know, that he was indeed fulfilling prophecy and he was helping Jesus again to be ready to do what God had placed upon his heart to do. Isn't it funny how God sometimes can use the evil that the devil intended to hurt you and me to use it for our good and his glory? Isn't that great to know? And I, I remember back, you remember in Genesis when Joseph and his coat of many colors, remember all of his brothers were so jealous of him? So much so, they thought he was daddy's favorite boy and he had made him this coat of many colors, and they wanted to kill him. They threw him in that old sister, and then they ended up selling him. You remember that story? And then a great drought or famine came, and, and Joseph, remember, had been promoted to second in command under Potiphar. And then, and do you remember that in chapter 50, verse 20, when he was able to speak to his brothers, and they were able to recognize him, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good so that I may accomplish what is now being done, that many lives are being saved. And so what evil men thought they were doing to Jesus and thought they were winning through Jesus and the blood of the Lamb, the precious Lamb of God, we were all being saved. And I praise God that he can meet our needs. He provides for us. Maybe you're here today and one door has closed and you think, thanks a lot, God. This door is closed. Where one door is closed, another one is open. Or maybe you're here and you say, I, I got fired from my job. I lost my job during this pandemic. Well, don't you believe that God can open up a better job than the one than, that you just had? Maybe you're here and you've got a broken heart and a relationship ended. Oh, there's nobody else. There's nobody else. And God had to get you away from this person because he had someone much better waiting for you up ahead. Or maybe you've been saying, you know what, I, I, just, I just feel like through all of this time, you know, I've just not been able to, to have my needs met. God is in the business of meeting needs. Through this pandemic, I want to be honest with you. I've been concerned about God's church. I told you that. 
I remember sitting in here on a Wednesday having a staff meeting, looking our staff in their eyes and saying, you know what, guys? We're going to all keep ministering, doing the best we can. Just do the best you can. We're going to pray that God is going to continue to bless this church and be able to provide. You know what I was thinking and our staff were even thinking, you know, maybe at some point our salaries might have to be cut and heaven forbid that we'd have to let anybody go. And so many of you all have asked, how are things going at the church? Or, you know, is the financial support coming in? Or think, and through your generosity and God's provision, we have been able to continue to minister to you and your families, I believe, effectively. And God has continued to meet our needs to support all of our ministries. To God be the glory for his faithfulness through a very difficult time. But I know this as well, that through this crazy pandemic, instead of shutting our doors, which has been a different version, we've continued through this whole year to minister, and we've had our doors physically open since last June. But don't you know we've been able to reach more people on Sundays and Wednesday nights than we've ever been able to reach before in person because of the hundreds of people that have watched online, we've been able to even touch more lives. So I don't know what the devil or whatever was in mind through this crazy pandemic, but God can sure use it to grow us in our relationship with him and help us to be more faithful to live each day to its fullest for God's glory. But through this story, we see God's provision and it said, and after he received the drink, in verse 30, Jesus said, it is finished to testify, which is the Greek word for it is finished. It's the word that a, an accountant used in business to say the debt has been paid in full. It's the word that the judge used to say justice has been served. The penalty has been paid. It's the word that the servant used when he would go to his master and said, I've done all the work that you've asked me to do. It's the word that the priest would use when he would make a temple sacrifice that it had been completed. It's the word that the artist used on the final stroke of the brush on the canvas when finishing the details of the beautiful artwork, it is finished. And when Jesus said from the cross, it is finished, what he was saying was, I've done, Father, what you've asked me to do. I've completed the work. All prophecy has been fulfilled your redemptive plan to save humankind has been completed. Isn't that why Jesus came into the world? In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. In John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In John 17, verse 4, he said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus was saying, it is finished. The teaching, the preaching, the healing that you've asked me to do, and now to offer myself as the spotless lamb of God, I've done it. And maybe you're here today, and there's something in your life that you need to say, it is finished. Maybe you've got an addiction, and you need to say, it is finished. Maybe you have anger or resentment to someone, you need to say, it is finished. Maybe you've got a critical spirit or a negative attitude, you need to say, it is finished. Maybe you're battling depression today, and you need to say, it is finished finished. Uh, maybe you've got a, a cycle of family dysfunction, and you need to say, it stops with me. It is 
finished. Maybe you've got a sinful lifestyle that you need to say today. It is finished. Maybe God called you to do something years ago, but you have not held up your end of the deal, and you need to go back to serving the Lord and say, you gave me a job to do, and I'm not going to stop until it is finished. And I love that God has provided in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So God provided, but he also was able to fulfill his purpose through Jesus Christ. But not only does he show us his purpose, but he gives us peace. After Jesus received the drink, and he said, to test the lie, it is finished. He bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. I think Jesus died peacefully. After all the beating, all the bloodletting, all the pain, all the suffering, all the humiliation, he was at peace. I've told you, I've had the the awesome privilege and the also very difficult task of being with a whole lot of people at the end of their journey called life. Hospice beds, hospital rooms, and hospice care at their home and nursing homes. I've been with a lot of people at the end of their journey. And I can't tell you how many people through the years I've said, are you at peace with God? And I also can't tell you how many times people have said emphatically, yes, I am, I'm ready. And then you wouldn't believe how many times people, when I've asked, are you at peace with God? Have you made peace? They've said, I don't know. I, I don't know if I am. Or I'm not sure. And I've said, well, you can be sure today. And I've had the privilege of praying with many people a, a prayer that we call the sinner's prayer to say, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. I can't tell you how many people I've had that privilege of praying that prayer to know one day I'll see him again in a place called heaven and eternity. And they were able to have that peace. I've seen people restless where they have not been at peace. And I've seen those transition from this old body and this old world, ready to meet their eternal reward and their heavenly Father in heaven. I think about what Paul wrote in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? We have been justified through our faith. And now as a result, we can have peace with God. That's why Jesus came to die, to make a bridge over our sin, our guilt, our punishment, so we could have that relationship just as if we had never sinned. We have that relationship with God. We can be at peace. Then I love what Jesus said to his disciples before going to the cross, and it's become one of my favorite passages John 16, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So when Jesus was dying on the cross, again, it wasn't a defeated resignation, but when he said it is finished, it was a cry of victory and triumph to say, look, I've overcome the world. And to know we too can have that same victory in our lives. And when I think about what Jesus did for you and me, and if it doesn't bring you peace, I don't know what will. When we think about the debt that Jesus paid, our penalty had been paid, paid in full. I think about that old hymn, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it. White as snow. Jesus paid the price. And you know what it reminded me of? God gave me this just yesterday. And uh, it just, I related to it. 
Have y'all heard of Dave Ramsey? Y'all know Dave Ramsey, financial advisor, author, radio talk show host. He, he's most known for financial peace. We've offered it here at the church several times through the years, seven steps to help you get out of debt and to, to get your life on track. And so many times I've listened to his program on WJMM on afternoons, and uh, they will interview people, and many times individuals or couples. And even went yesterday online, and I saw a beautiful testimony of a single mom who was raising her five-year-old little girl, and she had followed the financial peace plan and had gotten out of debt, $66,000. And, and if you've ever listened to the program or seen, when they get out of debt, he does a debt-free scream. Have you all ever heard him do that? And uh, so I watched this mother and her five-year-old daughter do the debt-free scream. We are debt-free. And uh, the mom was crying. And the little five-year-old was getting on her tiptoes, wiping tears away of her mother because she was so joy-filled. This single mom going through nursing school, putting her way herself through college and then nursing program and working every available shift to get out of debt. Should we not have tears of joy and thanksgiving for the debt that Jesus paid for you and for me? Should we not be grateful every day for what Jesus did for you and me on the cross? So as I was thinking about that, financial peace, spiritual peace, being financially debt-free, being spiritually debt-free. I was thinking we need to do a debt-free scream today. And so the way they do it on Dave Ramsey, they, they count down three, two, one, we're debt-free. And so I'm talking spiritually debt-free today. So I'm going to count us down three, two, one, and we're going to say, we're going to scream it like we mean it. We're debt-free, and if we don't, we'll keep doing it until I can hear the people online screaming from your house or wherever you may be. So I'm going to say three, two, one, and if you are really thankful that your debt has been paid by Jesus Christ when he died on the cross, I want you to scream it like you mean it. We're debt-free. Count down, you with me, three, two, one. Three, two, one, we're debt-free! Praise the Lord, we're debt-free. May we pray. Oh God, how can we ever thank you enough for the debt you paid for us, that our penalty has been paid, we're debt-free. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. Lord, if there are folks in this room or people watching and they've never been able to do the debt-free scream, may they right now receive the free gift of Jesus and his love and mercy and grace into their hearts and lives. You tell us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Oh God, give us the boldness and the courage today to turn the, the steering wheel of our lives, the reins of our lives over to Jesus. And we know that Jesus became man so that he might redeem mankind. And we know that, that Jesus became one of us so that we could be like him so, Father, I pray right now if there are folks that have never received Christ, that they would pray and invite you to come in and forgive them right now, repenting from the old lifestyle and begin to walk in newness of life. Lord, maybe there's some others that have drifted away. They're Christians, but they've not been acting like a Christian, walking like a Christian, treating people, others like a Christian. Oh, God, may some Christians rekindle the flame, renew their vowed commitment to Jesus right now and know that they can have a fresh start and know that they are loved and they are forgiven. 
Or Father, maybe there's some people that have been visiting churches during this pandemic in person or maybe even virtually. And Lord, you've drawn them to this place of worship. Lord, I pray that today some new family members would join this family of faith as we continue to try to complete the work that you have so richly begun in this place. So help us, O oh God, to, to follow your lead and give our hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus. And we'll give you all the glory and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're going to sing in this place a hymn of commitment and invitation. And if you would like to come, I invite you to come and sit on the front pew. And it'd be my privilege to talk with you and pray with you about your commitment, about your decision. If you're watching at home and you make a commitment, contact us at the office. And it would be our privilege once again to get in touch with you and to talk with you and pray about your decision. However the Holy Spirit leads, I'm going to invite you to stand and come as we sing this hymn of invitation. Oh, Master, Amen. I want to thank you so much for being here today and watching today, and thank you for allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. For those of you here, uh, those of you at home will, will already know this, today is the first Sunday that we were able to use our new cameras that we were able to purchase through your uh, graceful, gracious giving. But uh, to make the picture more clear, we've seen how we've needed improvement in our picture quality, and so for those of you watching at home, you have seen every imperfection on me and us. And uh, I know my halo is looking really bright today for those of you watching. But we are so grateful that we were able, through again God's faithfulness and your kindness, to uh, offer a, a, a clearer, a better picture. Also want to remind you that if you're on our email list, you receive discussion questions that you can do with your family, friends, or table group. You should receive those right after the service. If you want to be added to that email list, contact our church office. This Wednesday night, join us virtually as we'll be completing the seven last set of words or sayings from the cross. I hope you'll watch to hear the last words. And then next Sunday, we're only doing one service. It's a 10 o'clock service where Allison Durham Spear, Christian recording artist, will be giving us a concert on Palm Sunday. And we've gone back and forth. I think what we've decided is we're asking you to make a reservation, but hopefully you're going to be able to sit wherever you would like to sit. But we just need kind of a head count for overflow purposes. And then uh, you'll be getting a list of all of our Holy Week services. We will be doing a Monday, Thursday communion service at 6 p.m. 
This year, we'll probably still be doing our, not probably, we made the decision to do a virtual Good Friday prayer meeting at 6.30 a.m. And then on Easter Sunday, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock service, we're excited to offer. And we'll let you know whether or not you're going to have to sign up for that or not. We're still talking about, praying about that. We're hoping to get away from all that, but we don't want to get careless or sloppy as we've been faithful through this whole time to try to keep you all safe. But I know as many of you are getting your vaccines or feeling more comfortable to get out, we had some folks here for the first time at the early and at this service that haven't been back to church in a year. And we are so thankful that you all are here today. We praise God for all of you being here today. But before we close out, I want you to remember how much God loves you and how much we love you. And I also just want to say a special happy birthday. Uh, our new sound technician, Troy Fitch, is 21 today, and he's here working for the Lord and God. Happy birthday, Troy. <laughs> happy birthday, Bill. If you would, close us out in song. Thank you and thank you for joining us today.